Who are the top five quarterbacks in Ohio State history? Find out next on episode five of Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Dotting the eye with Davis and Chad. Uh, this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of talking about, you know, everything going on with the COVID and all that stuff, we thought we'd touch on something a little bit more fun and talk about your top five quarterbacks in Ohio State history since 1990. Mm, I've been waiting for this topic to come up for a long time because uh, this is, I think, one of our first conversations we had where. Uh, we actually were talking and we said, hey, you know, we should actually put this into a podcast because uh, we probably th- th- this is one of the first things where we disagreed a lot. And I know in our first previous four episodes on our podcast, we had a lot of agreements with a lot of things that we were talking about. And I'm looking forward to not seeing eye to eye on this at all. I can guarantee you we won't. Um, but I will tell you this much, though. Since our last conversation, I've had a little bit of a change of heart on a couple of things. So I think you might be surprised at my top five versus what you think it may be. I think my top five is probably pretty close to what we had talked about before. But I don't think there I think there may be one surprise in there for you. But I think you're going to be you might expect what I'm going to say. But if you say anything anywhere near what I'm expecting you're going to say, then I'm going to let you have it. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do this. Why don't we go, we'll go tit for tat here. So let's start with number five. Yeah. Give me your number five. All right. So my number five, I have JT Barrett. Wow. Okay. Well, my number five, I have JT Barrett. All right. Well, so much for disagreeing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I mean, listen, JT Barrett is frustrating as it has been over you know, four seasons watching him play and in big games, um, not being able to kind of come through, he still went unbeaten against Michigan. Uh, he still is like a 38 and six record overall. Um, he set a lot of records for the big 10 and he was a, he was a good leader and he was a pretty decent, uh, game manager for that alone, for, you know, his longevity in the program, for uh, his overall record and for the fact that, you know, our first title in, you know, since 2002 at that point, um, he was a big part of that. So I had to include him at number five. I'll tell you this, and you already know me and you know how I feel about it. The only reason JT Barrett's even on this list is because he pretty much holds every record at Ohio State for being a quarterback right now. I mean, the guy had, you know, 9,400 and some yards and you know, I think was responsible for, you know, something like 147 touchdowns total or something like that. Well, it's not There's even Ohio a, State. That's Big Ten records. Yeah, true. This guy sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 38 and 6 for Ohio State, and he's horrible. He's I have absolutely never, horrible. I have never in my life until watching JT Barrett sitting at home thought to myself. I mean, I talk crap while I'm watching the game, but I've never actually sat there and thought to myself, I can make that throw. Why can't he? And that's what I thought the entire time I watched JT Barrett. Well, and I think that's predominantly what my issue has been with him the whole time is he looked the best as a passer his freshman year. 
and he was more uh, effective, at least in longer runs, his freshman year. After that, it was pretty t- like you, you. I could literally see what the formation was going to be, and I could tell you exactly where the ball was going to go. He got predictable. Um, his passing was very, you know, iffy at best. Um, I don't know what percent passer he actually was or what his actual QBR was, but he just, he didn't wow me. He did. I think that best way I can put it, he just game managed. Like he didn't do anything spectacular. He just did enough to try to, you know, get us down the field, get us in scoring position. And we relied a lot on defense, uh, for those teams as well. And one of the things I want to point out is that his stats are super inflated because he played four years. Yeah, you don't have a quarterback at Ohio State playing that long. Normally, you got to wait till you're at least a, a redshirt sophomore or junior, somewhere in there, and most of our quarterbacks get no more than about one, two years in before they move on to the next level and we get the next one up that's been waiting in the wings for a couple of years. Exactly. Okay, so we got that one out of the way. Let's move to number four. Who you got? Uh, my number four is the reason JT Parrott got his start. And it is Braxton Miller. When Braxton Miller went down uh, in training camp uh, in 2013-14 year, well, 2014 year, I think, because the national title game was 2015. Um, Braxton Miller, man, I'll tell you what, like, I have such a soft spot for that guy. Uh, Unfortunately, he was injury prone, but man, he might be one of, if not the most exciting quarterback that I've ever watched. And there's just something about him that was special that I really enjoyed watching. And that even goes to prove the fact that, you know, he actually came back after that injury and was a pretty effective wide receiver and when he had to run the ball as well. Yeah, but it's hard for me to put a guy like that in the top five at Ohio State when he lost his quarterback job. Well, he lost it because of injury. He didn't lose it because he wasn't winning games. I mean, he he came back after injury and had lost his job. Well, at that point, he never got it back because there were still questions about his arm. And they had already established, you know, by the time he came back, we won a national title with two quarterbacks that were coming back. Where were they really going to put him? And where was Braxton Miller realistically going to be knowing that he had one year left and he was going to the NFL draft? What was his best chance of getting drafted at that point? Right, but my so, point is, how could you put him in front of J.T. Barrett when J.T. Barrett beat him out for the job? Because it's my list, damn it. <laughs> because, because right, hold on. Let me you. let me give you my number four. Let me give you my number four. All right, all right. So my number four is Dwayne Haskins. Okay, who only played one season at Ohio State, but had completion wow. percentage of over seventy percent. A QBR of 174, threw for 5,396 yards and 54 touchdowns. Okay, not to mention, he also uh, only had like about nine interceptions, I believe, on the entire year. And also, I guess the biggest knock on him and the reason that he's sitting at number four for me is just because he couldn't run. Well, Dwayne Haskins was, uh, I believe, 50 touchdowns and eight interceptions is the actual um, stat for that year. But he also set like single game passing yards for over 470 in a game. Uh, he set the record for passing yards in a single season. I think he broke Drew Brees' record for the Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken. I would definitely agree that he is probably Ohio State's best, like, complete pocket passer that they've ever had. Um, we had a lot of different tools around us that year that really worked in his favor. But uh, unfortunate for him, we had one of our most god-awful defenses that year that probably cost us any chance at a title. Yeah, that was a that was a disappointing year. I mean, we went to the Rose Bowl. I believe we played Washington, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I remember we won that game, but you know, we've come to a point in this town in Columbus where we're pretty much national title or bust. Hate to say it. It's probably bad that we're that way, but that's just the way it is. No, it's true. I mean, especially over the last, I mean, realistically, since the Jim Trestle era is really when we're expecting national titles about every year, or at least we feel like we should be in the running for one. But I, I mean, I got to say, how in the hell could you have Dwayne at four? Like, I don't see three quarterbacks in the last 30 years that were a better quarterback unless you're s- strictly taking that off the fact that he played one year. But I mean, I'm not even taking that into account as much as like, sure, you get a little more benefit over your longevity in the program. But man, Dwayne Haskins was a hell of a quarterback. He is. The reason that he's at number four and not at number two, I would say, is because he couldn't run. He he was not a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, he could stay stand back in the in the pocket and sling it. I mean, hell, he he, he he had a couple red zone touchdowns running the ball. I mean, he was effective when he needed to be. And there's a few times he stretched plays out and ran for a few first downs. But no, he wasn't recording. He wasn't averaging 50 yards a game rushing or anything like that. But God, he probably right. still had about four or five. I remember that Maryland game where we were at Maryland and we apparently let them run all over us. We went to OT against him. Dwayne probably had at least two or three rushing touchdowns that game i mean and that 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 would listen like rushing like what do you what do you determine like do they got to be like electric shifty like you know you could really count on them to get you or get you yards and get your first downs and really utilize them as like a weapon or running like at least he's capable and he can stretch a play out and he can get the first down when he needs to like i mean yeah but he didn't he's not a dual (laughs) threat obviously He's not dual threat. I get that. Do you remember, like, halfway through the season, we were even wondering, could he even run? And he didn't even run until the second half of the season at all. As a matter of fact, he only had 194 rushing yards on the season, and I think they didn't even start having any kind of design run for him until the second two-thirds of the season. We didn't have to run. He got a lot of protection. He didn't get scrambled around that much. I don't recall him getting sacked very often this year. I don't know. I don't have his numbers on sacks in front of me, but I'm I'm pretty sure. But that would, to me, that's one of his downfall things because I think that there's people that we'll discuss here in the next, you know, three, two, one that can do both. Well, I mean, the beauty of this is that it's your list, and your list is wrong. So I am I mean, law. I mean, that's you, all there is to it. <laughs> you're welcome to your list, but I disrespectfully disagree because that's awful that you put him at four. That's awful. that's almost blasphemy. But <laughs> go ahead. You know what? I want you to give me your number three now because I I don't even. I still can't understand that one. Give this me your number three. I surprise you. Are you ready? Justin Fields is my number three. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, but yeah, sure. I mean, no, listen, listen to me. Now, let me tell you this before you tell me no. He's also only got one season under his belt. He's also got a uh, 180.7 QB rating. Threw for 3,273 yards, 41 touchdowns, only three picks. Okay. And he rushed for 14 touchdowns. Now, on top of that, okay, so you're thinking, what makes me put him above Dwayne Haskins and JT Barrett, who holds all the Big Ten records and all that good stuff? And that is because Justin Fields, and you can tell me I'm full of it if you want to, is the best leader we've had at Ohio State in the last 20 years, period. I think he's been put in, I think his whole story is fascinating. And I'm not going to give a spoiler away, but I think super highly of Justin Fields. And it's not just for what he did on the field last year, but I mean, you're talking about a kid that comes in from the transfer portal and is playing right away. So he's had limited time with the team and his chemistry immediately with the offensive line and with the running back and with wide receivers, especially 
is unreal for someone coming in with that limited amount of time, especially since he didn't even start and play that much at Georgia to begin with. And he came in from the get-go and made a splash and made everyone realize, wow, you know, this kid's the real deal. So, And, and you know I what? Think- He's a, a number three. At number three, that is subject to change for me because – after this year, you don't you don't know. I mean, could he have a could he have a Heisman Trophy tax onto that after this year? Could he have a, a national title that he tax onto after this year? I mean, he can only I mean, go up from he here. He could, he could, but I mean, you know, I, it's how you're feeling right now. I don't disagree with you having him in the top five, but I'm just I'm a little different on it. So you okay, probably want my number three. Yeah, my number three, and you might you might not agree with this one either. But my number three is Troy Smith. For sure. No, it's Troy Smith. Listen, Troy Smith was an excellent quarterback who really kind of had one main breakout year. He was pretty good his, uh, I want to say his junior year. He didn't play much before that. He was mainly kind of behind Craig Krenzel and Justin Zwick, kind of, you know, had to wait his time out. But when he finally got in there, especially that, man, that 2006 season, man, that was special. Uh, I believe that he won the Heisman that year by like like his first place votes was like over 90 percent. Like that was like something that held up for like at least 13 years uh, until probably fairly recently. Um, But he was such a gamer, man. Like I love the way he threw the ball, even though he didn't have that quick release. He had that big wind up throw. But there was just something about him, man, that like every time I think of him, I still think of, you know, he's putting his hand up and he's dragging his feet in the dirt running on the field. Jim Trestle is like, you know, that package, just that whole thing with Troy Smith, dude, just gets me amped. I mean, that was my first ever Ohio State Michigan game I went to was 2006. Uh, I keep saying 2006. I keep getting confused because of the title games like the following year in January. But you know the season I'm talking about. When we were ranked one, uh, the team up north was ranked two, both undefeated, at home. I went and tailgated the game. Uh, my brother um, got me a ticket. Uh, we got upgraded for handicap seating because he had just had surgery. So we were like seated like really close to like ground level, like right on the closed in part of the horseshoe on the goal line. And uh, it was a 3.30 game, which was interesting because normally, you know, especially over the last half a dozen plus years, you know, the game's been at noon. But this was a 3.30 game. So we get there like 9 a.m., we're tailgating, we're having a blast. And with the handicap seating, he also got handicap parking because, you know, he had had surgery and he was in a wheelchair at the time. We were able to tailgate within like 50 feet of game day. So we're literally like partying, having a great time, like, you know, razzing all the Michigan fans that are walking by. And we're like right behind, like, or just off to the side of the set where Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreet and all those guys are. So everything kind of bottled up with that, man. I just remember going to the game and it was just something special. And just watching Troy Smith play, like he, he's, he's one that he's one of my favorites of all time. And he just commanded so much, at least of my attention when I watched him that, you know, that's definitely why I put him at number three. The reason also why is it, well, the reason why he's also at three is because he completely crapped the bed in the national title game. And for that, it's hard to forgive because we went into that game thinking, if not knowing we were going to win that game and got blown out. And that game is hard to forgive. It is, but you can't blame that game on Troy Smith. You can't blame uh, that whole game on Troy Smith. No, and I'm not, not to I'm mention, not, I'm not saying I blame it completely on him, but you know what? He didn't do a lot in that to like. I'm listen. Was he on his back? Did the offensive line let him down? Did you know what's his face? Uh, 
gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Um, wide receiver, you know what I'm talking about. Ted again. Yeah, thank you. Ted again. Uh, gets hurt after the opening kickoff, so he's not even in the game, and that was his number one go-to person. You know, there's just a lot of things that went wrong in that game, but, you know, I'm sorry, but games like that can tarnish your legacy. Dude, it can. It, it was a trophy. You I probably hit the mute button. Three. You probably hit the mute button on me because you didn't like my pick. I'll <laughs> tell you what. Like you're going like to go back and listen to this. You're going to realize one of the first things I mentioned was that he was a Heisman winner. Well, I and stopped for that alone. You said number three. All your well, credibility went out the window. <laughs> well, my number three is probably better than your number. No, no I, don't, I take it back. You're, uh, listen, I don't care if you agree or disagree, but he's number three because he was a Heisman winner. He's number three because he is a player that I really enjoyed watching to play, but he's number three because he did not win a national title and he came up short in kind of a big way in that game. And that's why I have him at three, personally. Okay. Well, then I am interested to see who you have at number two because this list is not going like I expected it to go. So who's your number two? Well, that's the point, isn't it? Like I told you before we even did this, I'm not going to tell you my top five. Like I, I want, even though we've talked about it before, we probably haven't had this conversation in six, eight months, probably since closer to last season. So, uh, number two and man, you know what? I wrote down on my paper one a and one B it's because I don't know if I can necessarily pick a one or a two with my next two here because they're kind of very similar in a way, but I'm going to go ahead and give my one B to Justin Fields and I will call him a two. And Justin Fields gets that one because, yes, he literally in the regular season, including the Big Ten Championship game, threw for, what was it, 40 touchdown passes and one interception during that span. Like, that is unbelievable. That's a 40 to 1 ratio. That's unheard of. Yeah, my only knock on him is that he waited till the Clemson game to start throwing picks. Well, one of those picks isn't his fault. The other reason that he struggled a little bit is I still fully believe that he was never a hundred percent after that Penn state game when he got his uh, knee slash ankle kind of rolled up on, on that sack. Um, He even had to come out of the the Michigan game at some point because he got a little banged up and he was struggling with that as well. And then remember the whole thing last year, like, are you going to wear the brace? What's the brace going to do to your running capabilities? Like I I can tell you for a fact, he wasn't a hundred percent in that game, whether or not he was able to plant fully on that leg or everything. So I can make these little tiny excuses, but he still didn't have a bad game. It was maybe statistically one of his worst games, but you also got to understand, like, that's probably the best defense we played all year, too. And had it not been for two drop passes in the red zone, like, we would be talking about a completely different story right now. Right. Like I said, he holds a special place for me just because of what he's done this season, man. Starting a movement and sticking in there and and just being a leader through all this. This, There's just some things, you know, that are bigger than actual football. And for me, that's where it is. I mean, just the the drive that this kid has to not give up, you know, to, to take it on the chin and keep on rolling. It's just something you just can't. Those people are born. Those people aren't made, you know, and that's that's just kind of how I feel about Justin Fields. Well, that's why I believe this season's going to be way different. Not to get a little bit off topic here. You know, he he literally, whatever he's selling, I'm buying. Okay? And I don't be, I don't believe I'm being hoodwinked by any of this. Like, you know, he, he was like crushed over that Clemson loss where we knew we were the better team. We knew that we should have won that game uh, despite all the different things that ended up happening while we didn't. 
Um, you could see the hurt when he threw that last pick, when he put his hands up on his helmet and he just like, God, I can't believe this just happened. Like, how did I lose this for us? Like he took that on his shoulders. And ever since then, man, he's just been even more and more driven on top of the spectacular. I mean, he was a Heisman finalist last year as a first year starter. And he's even more driven to get even more, you know, improve more and do more with this season, knowing that there was in question whether or not he was going to have a season never once. And this is, you know, Coach Day said this. He said this never once did he ever think about opting out or not doing it. He was going to fight for this season, whatever it took. And you know what? I have so much respect for this kid because, listen, you know, even though Ohio State did recruit him and he didn't pick Ohio State, it feels like he's ours. You know what I mean? It, I don't feel like, you know, we're LSU taking Joe Burrow and maybe LSU feels like Joe Burrow's theirs, but Joey B spent a couple years in our system and kind of left because he realized he wasn't going to be the starter. You know, right. he, he he's still a pretty big product of us. I feel like, you know, the Georgia thing was maybe just like this little stepping stone and boom, like Justin Fields, like he's he's made a home here. And yeah. for as long as he is around, he will always have a job in Columbus. I don't care what he does for the rest of his life. That boy has a job in Columbus and we didn't even get him straight from high school. So right. what does that say about someone as a transfer? Can you tell me any other transfer that you can possibly think of in the top of your head that we have we've taken him in? Maybe Boren from Michigan. Did yeah. he come from Michigan? Yes, he did. And that's it. I mean, those are two big time players right there. Right. And you know what? It's not just what you're doing on the field. It's that leadership that you're showing. Justin Fields, and that's a one B. I can't even say two. That's a one B for me. And again, that's that a little one, strong, man. I got to see what he does this year. I got to see what he does, man. I'll tell you what. I, I still fully believe had we gotten through that Clemson game somehow, I think we would have given LSU a game, not only given a game, I think we would have won it. There's going to be a lot of people, especially haters that say, well, gosh, the team that you lost to got blown out in that game. Well, that's because we were the better team. And yeah. the true, the true matchup that should have happened last year was us and LSU. It should have happened. I agree. I, I just. I'm not ready to put him up there yet. I'm not ready to put him over people that have accomplished versus a guy that's probably going to accomplish. I'm not ready to put him there yet. But if we did this, if we do this in February again, it may be a different story. See, this is funny because this is now bringing up something that me and you have had debates over for years. And the fact that you need to see to believe I'm the one that has more faith. So it's no question why some of mine that are a little bit higher is more off of what I feel in faith and how I feel more emotionally. And you are more putting that aside and you're more, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I would say that. That's pretty true. It's just because, and you know what, that's a product of getting your heart broken so many times. That's what that is. Yeah, which means you've had your heart broken and now you don't trust anyone. Me, I've had my heart broken and I'm ready for the next Philly. Like, you know, line her up. Like, <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about my next Philly. Yeah, my you're number, number two. two. Number two. My number two, Terrell Pryor. God, I hate that guy. I know you do, and that's why Grr. I love to bring him up. I love I to bring know. him up. I was hoping you brought him up, because just because I want to bash him. I was hoping you brought him up. Now, before you bash him, let me tell you this. No, I'll let you have I'll your you piece. This. I'll let right, you have let your have piece. piece. Completion rate of 60.9%. QB oh, rating of 140. Now we're doing stats. Oh, here we okay. go. Hold on. All right. Hold on now. 6177 in yards for 51 touchdowns and 17 rushing touchdowns. Now, before I move on to any other stat, I want you to know that that is second to only 
JT Barrett since 1990. How many years did he play? Three. Three. Well, he's played at least another extra year, if not two, more than everyone else on this list. Now, hold on. He's also beat Oregon in the Rose Bowl. and a little, Maybe a little over overranked Oregon, but go ahead. And to me, he started he started something at Ohio State. And don't you dare say Tattoo Gate. He started, right. started Tattoo Gate. <laughs> <laughs> he started something at Ohio State, and that was a coaching this change. guy. <laughs> I remember watching him the first couple times that he played the shiftiness, the fast like the speed of this guy the way that he didn't even look like he was moving but he's like just blowing by people like he's the first in my opinion like true seriously dual threat quarterback that we had at Ohio State and I think it started a trend from then on because that's I mean pretty much other than Dwayne Haskins that's what we've had when he came into the game dude the whole landscape changed everything changed we went from being a laughing stock because of our quarterback, to a national title contender. And he's just, no matter what he did personally off the field, as a quarterback, I feel like he's got to be up there. Oh, is it my turn now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, Terrell Pryor was good at two things. He was good at throwing ducks that somehow half the time found a wide receiver, half the time found a defensive player. You give me all these stats, sure, he threw it enough times to where he probably compiled these yards over time. But I'll tell you what, in my recollection, he was one of the worst pass. I would say he was still a worse pass than JT Barrett. Now, oh, my God. No now, way. Now, <laughs> sti- now, statistically, that may not show. But in my heart, man, I just like I remember just watching him. And every time he'd throw this ball up, I'd watch that thing quack like a freaking kickoff. Like, I just could not get over the way. There's a reason he didn't play quarterback in the nfl like he eventually made it as wide receiver because yes he is a hell of an athlete he's very tall uh he's super fast and yes i agree when he ran it looked like he wasn't even moving but yet he's like gaining five yards on someone every you know over a 30 yard sprint like he, he, he he's faster than almost everyone else in the field you also didn't mention that at that time he is the highest recruited player that ohio state has ever brought in at that current time, the only one that tops him is Justin Fields, but we got him as a transfer. So I don't particularly count that as, even though we count that in our stats, the highest one we've ever drafted out of high school has been Terrell Pryor. So my expectation for Terrell Pryor has got to be different than some of these others on the list here. Because if you're coming out of high school that highly ranked, highly rated, then we're expecting out of you, especially at the Ohio State University, a national title out of that. There's just so many times that Terrell Pryor just did not do it for me. I can't explain it. Maybe it's the cha- the times that he just, in two, a home and away, couldn't beat USC. Or yeah, you may- can't base that on a national title. Only two guys on this list even have one. Okay, did Terrell Pryor play in a national title or have a crack at the national title? I don't even remember them even being close. Like, they got the Rose Bowl against Oregon. I remember that, okay? And I do remember that we didn't even blow out Oregon. Like, we really had to kind of drag it out and kind of pull it out at the end. But I really don't, like, in recent memory, when I think back about all my good memories watching Ohio State and the players that I enjoy watching, Terrell Pryor's never on that list. He just never really excited me, did anything for me, and he I always felt like, 
It was just there was missing something, and I couldn't tell what it was. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not a bad quarterback. He was definitely a very quality quarterback for Ohio State. We've had a lot of worse quarterbacks, in my opinion. But he just never really checked the boxes for me. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is for me. You know what boxes he did check? Oh, are you going to tell me? boxes. Yes. Well, do the the stats get you a national title? Sometimes, well, not with him. Apparently, Sometimes. he did. He didn't even get a crack at a national title game. Well, that would probably. I believe that Terrell Pryor. He gets a bad rap because of the personal thing. I believe if he didn't do all the stuff he was responsible for, if he played another year and we were bowl eligible, I think that you'd be singing a different tune right now. No, because you didn't even let me do my number two yet. I said the two things that I liked him for. The second thing. You did. You said your 1A was uh, Justin Fields, number two. No, no, no. I'm talking about the two things that I am in agreement with you on Terrell Pryor that I liked, okay? It's because Terrell Pryor makes you emotional. I don't know why, but he makes you emotional. Well, he makes me hate. He definitely makes (laughs) me hate. I feel the hate in my heart. But listen, I actually, in hindsight... Appreciate the fact that Tattoo Gate happened because had that not happened, we not we probably wouldn't have gotten Urban Meyer because that happened and because Jim Trestle uh, tried to cover for him and it ended up coming out anyways. Uh, we ended up getting Urban Meyer out of it, which don't get me started on the whole baffle of why wouldn't you take the penalty the year that we had Luke Fickle as a head coach and we went six and six. As opposed to so we took the following year way, when we get Urban Meyer and we go undefeated with Braxton Miller as the quarterback and we're not bowl eligible. Dumbest decision ever. But that's nor here nor there. But that is a positive that I am taking from Terrell Pryor is that he helped to get Urban Meyer at Ohio State. But other than that, I'm not a fan. I'm really not that big a fan. Hey, if you're taking it that way, then I'm going to take it this way. Terrell Pryor then, since he's responsible for Urban Meyer... He must be responsible for us winning a national title then, huh? How about that? <laughs> well, listen, somewhere down the road, someone's responsible for you even being here right now. <laughs> it's true. I don't see you going over there shaking that person's hand every single day. This is the one I love to argue because it just gets under your skin, and I love every every bit of it. That's yeah, why. We, we know too much personal crap about each other. We're, I'm trying to keep it PG, people. <laughs> trying to keep it PG. You know what? Give me your number one. Give me your number okay. one. Okay. My number one's easy, and we've talked about him already today, and that is Troy Smith. It's a good pick. I don't disagree. It's a good pick. I'm going with him because we talked about the leadership ability, which I believe he had a lot of. Yeah, did he get the Heisman curse? He sure did. He got it as bad as you can get it. He still had one heck of a career, and during that time in Ohio State history, I was in love with everything that was going on. I liked him as a quarterback. I thought, man, if, if we could get uh, more quarterbacks like this at Ohio State, we'd be in good shape. Not to mention, man, he's he brought a Heisman home. And that's something. We've had national titles. We haven't had a lot of Heismans. We really haven't. I mean, and... Well, what would you rather have? It back, what would you rather have, a Heisman or a national title? Well, I'd rather have a national title, but my point is that I'd rather have both. Well, sure. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd rather have both as well. But Well, he was the only quarterback that gave us a chance of getting both. Yeah. I mean, we won a Heisman, and we went to the title game, and we got our butts kicked. But the point is, we had a chance to win them both. I want to be able to say our quarterback won the Heisman Trophy, and then we, we won the national title game. And hopefully, like, it's against Alabama or something like that, which would be it great. It will be. It will be. It's going to be Alabama or Clemson, or I hope to God we play them both. 
Either one. Either one. It doesn't matter this year. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Give me your number one. I already know what you're going to say. Who do you think it is? Um, I think you're probably going to go Dwayne Haskins. Has to be. He is single-handedly, based on quarterback ability, which most of the time quarterback ability is done with your passing arm. Um, I agree. I like a little bit more of a dual-threat quarterback personally, but I cannot overlook how he came in in a first-year starter and threw for over 50 touchdown passes. He set all these passing records, and it's really easy to look at that season and not be able to get over that Purdue game. It's very easy to look at that season and not be able to get over how horrible our defense was, which it had nothing to do with the players. It was the whole scheme. Like Greg Schiano screwed us that year because we literally had the same players the following year and had one of the best defenses in the country. So it's a shame that that boy did not get a crack at the natty that year. Listen, and I love Dwayne Haskins. Dude. Listen, I do. I can't, I'm, I'm having a hard time remember who won the Heisman that year. Cause I know Dwayne Haskins was invited. I'm pretty sure it was Kyler Murray. Wasn't it? Was it Kyler Murray that won the Heisman? I, I think it was, um, man, I'd have to look back. This kind of run together for me. I mean, gosh, it was only two years ago. How much, how much have you been drinking lately? Why wow, you got something? <laughs> if you want if you want to drive three hours come get it boy i'll give it to you um i really like Dwayne haskins i got nothing bad to say about him i i think if you put him at ohio state for a year longer maybe two there's no telling what he could have done i mean there really isn't the sky's the limit i mean the guy came and just blew every like single season just blew everything out of the water the only thing that keeps him out of those top couple spots for me is his body of work, and that is that it's one year. I mean, that's the only thing that keeps him out. That and he, he won a Rose Bowl. I get it versus Washington. But once and again, he, I mean, we had a guy he, throwing for. Hey, hey, he beat the crap out of Michigan. 62 points up on Michigan. That's a that's a Michigan game and a butt whooping we put on them that I won't forget. I enjoyed that one so much because Michigan came into that game ranked number four with hopes of making a playoff like we got to crap in their cereal that year as bad as our defense was we beat them was 62 38 something like that 6237 yeah but man we handed it to him we put more points up on michigan that year than we ever had in history i remember like, that game that was the game that you were super nervous that we were going to lose I was, and it was weird because normally I'm the one that's like, oh, we got this, and you're the one that's like, man, I don't have a good feeling about it. Like, we we have reverse roles that year. But, like, listen, I, I, I remember a lot of the things that he did. And the fact that, you know, he was a Maryland boy, and we went to play Maryland, and we somehow, like, had our worst defensive game in the history of Ohio State that day. Went to double overtime or something like that, and still ended up pulling it out. And I think he threw for, like, six touchdowns that day as a pure – quarterback skill wise he's the best ohio state has ever seen and he set single season records at ohio state that i don't know if they're ever going to be broken and it gets overlooked a lot that you know who his coach was it was urban and urban is not predominantly a humongous passing quarterback urban loves those dual threat quarterbacks so that even tells you more where you know that he probably didn't have the ultimate best playbook even for Dwayne Haskins and probably had to go outside his comfort zone to try to, you know, more meet the needs of what Dwayne had. I mean, imagine if you had Ryan Day as his head coach being more of the quarterback guru 
or even that, that, you know, Ryan Day was on staff and he had a lot to do with what Dwayne Haskins did, even, you know, kind of off to the side, not even as the head coach. That's the thing. You have to imagine it because it didn't happen because he only played one year and why he had a great year, man. And so did Joe Burrow when he played, you know, they had great years, but it's still only one year for me to tell you you're the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history. The body work has to be more for me. Well, that's why this is subjective. That's why it's our own. That's subjective. It's where I'm right and you're wrong. No, no, you're not right because uh, you have Terrell Pryor somewhere in your top five, and that boy literally is so bad that his girlfriend stabbed him in the chest. <laughs> listen, like, how bad the a person you got to be to have your girl stab? Listen, I know my wife probably wants to stab me half the time, but listen, it's not so bad she'll actually do it. She'll just threaten <laughs> me. She'll show it to me, but she won't actually do it. He like, is that the only player stabbed. in NFL history to, to play in three different positions in the same game. I'm not taken away from the fact he's an athlete. He's a freak of nature. That's why he was ranked so high coming out of high school. I'll give you that for sure. But man, as a quarterback, he just didn't do it for me, man. And you know what? Had he been, was he even a a Heisman finalist in any year? I don't think so. I don't think he was. He was, he was just a quality quarterback is all I'll give him credit for, but he did nothing special for me to stand out. And his shortcomings definitely took him out of my top five for me. Well, look at, here's the thing. Look at your list right now. Yeah, it looks right. (laughs) (laughs) Think about the coaches for each one of these players. Okay. Okay. I got three coaches. How many of them? I got three coaches. You got three coaches? You do too. Got any repeats? Troy Smith stands alone with um, Jim Trestle. But we got... Braxton, JT, Dwayne, all with Urban, and then Justin Fields with uh, Ryan Day. Braxton was with Trestle. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he played. He might. He might have done some backup work, but Trell or uh, Braxton Miller didn't get his start until after Jim Trestle was fired and Luke Fickle took over the team. And that's Braxton Miller's first year where he finished six and six. And then I Braxton like- Miller's first year underneath Urban Meyer, they went 12, 10-0, 11-0, 12-0, whatever it was. But they didn't get to go to the Big Ten championship game. See, my list, the top two, everything but the top two is a Ryan Day or Urban Meyer. And then, you know, my top ones are, are Jim Trestle. My point is, I think the, the scheme and the coaches had a lot to do with a lot of this. I mean, it could. I mean, all right, you want you want to actually look back a few more years I'm actually struggling to find a quarterback that I would even consider. I mean, Craig Krenzel won a national title, but gosh, you know, he, he he was literally like probably the JT Barrett of his time. Like he didn't do anything flashy. He was able to run the ball a little bit. He didn't, wasn't the prettiest passer or the most accurate, but man, he was a gamer. He won games, you know, he's kind of in the same boat, but you know, it's just, he, he, he just wasn't as flashy, and he definitely didn't have the longevity. I think that's what really put JT Barrett apart is because he set all those Big Ten records because of how long he played. Uh, but, I mean, Craig Krenzel was pretty decent. Uh, I was a fan of Joe Germain and Stanley Jackson kind of in the late 90s, but they didn't do a whole ton. I mean, other than you remember uh, Joe Germain uh, winning the Rose Bowl against Arizona State. Stanley Jackson, he, he was kind of one of our early dual-threat quarterbacks. Uh, he was able to run the ball. Bobby Hoying was a good name I remember growing up. Uh, that had uh, probably one of the best seasons at Ohio State history. I think it was back in like 95. Uh, he had a really good uh, really good season. And then, of course, he even had Kirk Herbstreit before that. I mean, there's some decent names there. Whether it's a little biased because, you know, I was born in the early 80s and I didn't really start 
focusing on Ohio State football till I at least got close to, you know, my teenage years could have a little bit to do with it. But, you know, it just it, it, they're different. Like it, there's just there, there's so much more focus on the quarterbacks nowadays, and like it seemed like back in the past, it was so much more important that your quarterback just had to do enough to help the team out, not turn the ball over, and you had to have a strong defense. So the Big Ten in Ohio State also they've kind of changed their identity, I'd say, over the last what twenty years. Ever since we won that uh, the Natty in two thousand two against uh, Miami, I think. You know, we've kind of been in this transition of, you know, now we're trying to be flashier and faster and catch up with this Southern SEC speed everyone's talking about and trying to put up a ton of points. And the defense, you know, even though we want to have one of the best, has not always been some of the best defenses that Ohio State's had. Because, you know, if we had some of those really gritty quality defenses, I mean, God, dude, that defense we had in 2002 was sick was absolutely sick. You put that defense with any one of these offenses we've had in the last 10, 15 years. So, I mean, Bobby Carpenter played in that game and Donnie Nicky and Mike Doss. And good Lord, yeah. dude, we had such a stout defense back then. So well, listen, man, it's always fun to talk about this stuff. Like I said, I always enjoy it. Even though you're wrong, I, I still enjoy talking about I'm it. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> All right, real quick, man. Tell them where they can find us. All right, so again, uh, make sure you catch us on uh, YouTube. Uh, we keep posting these videos up, um, and we're actually a uh, little bit of a hint. We're getting ready to maybe in the next uh, three, some weeks, pretty close to when we begin the season, uh, we might be having our first actual video episode. So you might want to be checking our YouTube station uh, to look out for that episode upcoming. But catch us on YouTube, give the videos a like, give us, uh, give us a share, uh, subscribe to our channel. And you can also find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and I believe iHeartRadio. So got a lot of opportunities to hear us. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, if you're not already uh, following us on Facebook, we got a page. We put a lot of cool interactive stuff there. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy the content. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for your support, and we'll catch you next week. Go Bucks. O-H.